Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minutes, a daily podcast which we disassemble a film from the Marvel Cinematic Universe into one-minute segments and then examine it in obsessive and occasionally hilarious detail. I'm Kyle Olson from the Swashbuckling Ladies Debate Society podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm Rob Cabasco. Oh, Rob, I mean, you sound so down. Oh, whatever. What? Don't give me any of that. You know, I'm sick and tired of some of this stuff that's going around here what? and in the world and everything. I'm just, don't you, and you're just so positive about everything else. You don't know. But it's minute 70. No, it doesn't even matter. None of that even matters. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of you. I'm sick of the whole. You guys are in a crisis. I'm on my way. <gasps> Help is on the way. Oh, Wow. You know, Kyle, I'm sorry about that. It was almost like I was throwing a tantrum and we had to call help. And that help was in the form of Miss Joe Frost, who is the super nanny. The super <laughs> nanny. Jeez. I wasn't even I was like, how do I throw a fit? <laughs> and not. <laughs> and, you know, we do these unrehearsed. Uh-huh. This is just us, right? <laughs> You're like trying to like figure out like, where are what's we wrong going with you, with dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's a clip I played from Super Nanny. It's a British reality television program about parents struggling with their children's behavior and all the sordid frivolities that come with raising children. So this show aired. And for those of our fans who are from the UK, you know, it's Channel 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was on uh, July 7th, 2004 through October of 2008. There were multiple variations that came out of this. Uh, Joe Frost Extreme Parental Guidance, and that ran from like 2010 to 2012. There's an American version, and I think she's even coming back again. Oh, really? If I saw this correctly. Yes. Are they like, rebooting Super Nanny? Rebooting Super Nanny, which, I mean, if you've ever, I've never actually watched a full episode, but when I was getting ready for this, I watched a couple of segments. Whoa, like, really, like, okay, like, I always wonder in like types of reality television like this, how much of it is made for the camera? Because, oh, I mean, some really bad stuff is going on with kids. And I just, I don't know, like, I don't know what to say. It kind of scarred me a little bit, (laughs) but with the super nanny, everything's fine. I don't know the kind of person who watches super nanny on a marathon basis. I think we're going to talk about one of them in this minute. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> because that I believe that was an ABC show. Yes, I think so, ABC was so the American, that's, right? That's all part of the the whole Disney conglomerate at the time. So, it was all, of, course, oh. of course, this was of course, this this wasn't officially a Disney film at the time, but it's all part of the family. But that's amazing in retrospect. <laughs> right? oh, it's all, it all the same inter- thing. fundamental interconnectedness here at minute seventy of Iron Man two from two thousand and ten. Director John Favreau. Uh, so we are in the midst of uh, Nick Fury is trying to make a graceful exit. Uh, Tony Stark is confused, uh, and Agent Coulson is there to do anything and also natasha's there <laughs> just like i'm like like you bring in scarlett johansson you put her in a what looks like a very uncomfortable costume for uh yeah one line? a little bit like okay right it's, uh, all right just happy to have her here like the commentary he spends the whole time talking about how much he how much he loved the costume and how he got in trouble for talking about the costume on social media when social media was, you know, sort of brand new in 2010, and uh, or in terms of like movie going and uh, and how everybody was silent when she walked out with it. Which I'm like, silent? Is that really like the the mark of respect? Like, uh, wouldn't it be like, that's... yay? 
I, I, I well, or he's highlighting the ickier part of <laughs> it could be the, the male the male gender. Yeah, there's, <laughs> like, there is a there is a, a, a semi infamous GIF out there of the first time that uh, Scarlet came out and and watched it, and uh, the, she's very proud, like in the costume, walking around, and she and she basically walks in kind of a runway style, walks and then turns around, and then you can see every male eye deal the exact same direction as she walks away. Including the yes. director. Hmm. That's worth yeah, that's worth a bro. Google if you're in, in a mind to be mildly <laughs> outraged. Um, well, no, okay, so we got ahead of ourselves. We did, we did, because Nick Fury is still trying to exit the building. So the last thing Nick Fury had said was, you remember Agent Coulson, right? And look, there's Phil, there's Phil Coulson. Uh, it's, it's Clark Gregg, who I, I love that guy. Uh, and yes. so Tony says, yeah. And so Fury says, and Tony, remember, I got my eye on you. <laughs> And he gives a long, like, you understand, like, you know, just like, and then turns and walks out. And then that's, that's Nick Fury goes out. So, okay. So now Nick, Nick is gone and he said all he's going to say, let's take a step back and like examine what exactly has happened over the last couple of minutes. <laughs> so, so this is, this is where Nick is trying to sit Tony down, get his head in the game and get him working on the problem. Okay. So he does this in true spymaster fashion by lying his ass off. <laughs> yes. So here's the here's the the thing. So part of this is like this is movie three, technically movie two in terms of there because I I don't even John Favreau had even seen Incredible Hulk by this point because they came out at the same time uh, within you know a month of each other. Um, uh, by th- this is where we're gonna get meta. So like there's sort of like there's the Looking forward, looking backwards, so th- th- we're going to get weird in our discussion here, so so bear with us. So, what we know now, so it's 2020 as we're recording this. Those uh, people in 2021, hello. I hope things are better there than they are, they are now. We love you, future people. Please make sure the world is better than we left it for you, because 2020 was like, uh, like uh, the rental car, and we didn't get the insurance. <laughs> Good luck. Don't know if it's going to run for you. Um, so, so what we know. So, Howard Stark dies December of 1991. Remember, mission report. Like that was the right. like. So that was. So we know exactly where it was. So I looked into the chronology of this because I was sort of like uh, Nick says your father's the founder of Shield. True, which happened in the you know like basically it happened in the 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 fifties essentially like he came back from World War II and like helped founding like it was the OSS and it became like a whole thing so that's Agent Carter and all that stuff. True. Uh, Nick Fury wasn't there like he he didn't serve in the in World War II he wasn't around then too so I was I was sort of like okay we know in Captain Marvel takes place in nineteen ninety five uh, and we know that he is a low or a mid level Shield agent at that point so. Roll the clock back. Where was he at the time? So, like, let's say that it, at, at any point does he actually cross over in his time? And yes, he does cross over at time for about six months to a year, because at the time that before Howard Stark dies, uh, Nick was a low-level agent serving in Bogota. We know this from Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Because he talks about their time together with Alexander Pierce. That's where he met him. And he was like a low, and he was basically pushing a desk for six years until he gets the nice assignment that we see him have in Captain Marvel. So 
if he if if their paths did cross, that would have been a founding member of Shield and a low level grunt. They were not confidants. Like I, <laughs> I don't see a world right. where Howard Stark would confess about the future of energy and technology and his feelings about his son and stuff to just a guy. Right. Like, I mean, he, he would have probably been in his late 20. He would have been just a little bit older than, than, uh, at the time. I'm thinking like Howard Stark has an end date. So I'm thinking like at that point, like Tony Stark was about 20 or 21 at the time when, and that could we see, we actually see that, that play out in Civil War. Uh, we see the barf. If you remember, like that's a, and right. we see what he looked like, and that was like that's the what the the less than zero Robert Downey Jr. Um, so we have that thing. So Nick would have been a couple years older than that. I mean, he was a couple, years, but but not like a vastly. It wasn't like they wouldn't have been peers because you know we see the sort of how 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 old. So yeah, maybe it was, but it seems more likely that Nick's just lying here. Yeah, no, I, I as as we as we follow along this movie as we go minute to minute, right? We had this conversation last minute. He's yeah, he's lying. <laughs> he's totally he's what he and I think what he's done is they know that there is a need for Tony Stark to do something. Yeah. He's doing what people sometimes do is he finds a way to manipulate him to do the thing he needs him to do. True. I mean, right? and that that's what I a mean, good spy master does. Yes. That, that's what he's doing. And it's kind of funny because now when you look at it, especially when he when he goes out and he says the whole I have my eye on you yeah. and he does it ridiculously. I love Robert Downey Jr.'s reaction of, okay, I want to laugh, but I think that's wrong. I'm not gonna. You've confused me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. the character's actually kind of like, and what I, and, and I know I'm reading more into this, but I love the fact how it plays in the movie is that Tony's reaction is like, you are making no sense at all, but you've intrigued me. I'm going to ignore all that <laughs> and I'm just going to do, do whatever it is I'm supposed to do next. I don't know. Like that's kind of that. That's kind of the, the feel I get from this now is like really examining it is that look, Tony's like, I'm, I'm you're trying to motivate me to do something that I didn't think was possible or I don't even know what it is I'm going to do, but dang, I'm intrigued. And the, and the, <laughs> and that, the scientist in me says, okay, yeah. let's see what happens. But the, the, the context of this seems to be that Nick knows what Tony has to do, and he's just trying to get him to do right. it. Right. But that doesn't track at all. So what, we're, I guess we'll get into more of what Howard Stark was trying to do later on. But when in the conversation that happens at uh, Randy's Donuts, you haven't tried them all. Well, what? How do, would you know that that this one weird unfinished project of Howard Stark's was the one thing that Tony Stark <laughs> needs in order to do this? Because even even there, when he asks, he says, "What do you mean I haven't tried everything? What haven't I tried?" And Nick Fury answers, "You said you were the only person with the means and knowledge." Okay, there's the problem line again. So Tony's so Howard Stark has this thing he can't finish, and he's like. Hey there, junior agent. My 20-year-old son is the only one who in the future will be able to solve this problem and be able to... There's just a whole lot of what in no, this no, no. context. Listen, I, I get it, and I, we haven't seen yet what's written on that box, no. but I swear to you, man, I hope it says Howard Stark's Great Escape Room of Life. <laughs> 
for my son. <laughs> because this does kind of play into a whole, like... Little Tony's dude, puzzle dad, box. Your dad had an escape room. <laughs> we, we trashed it. <laughs> but we took all the best pieces and put it in this box. And you're going to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> true i mean yeah, yeah that is kind of it's like one of those things that you the mail order the solve a murder mail order boxes you get <laughs> yes. where it's just like here's a bunch of stuff can you solve the murder like can you well, discover can the you new element the, can you solve the riddle of your home yeah, you s- <laughs> <laughs> jesus like okay should, should there That's, be like a cipher I, on the on the front thing uh, you, to get the combination? You have to solve the puzzle first, and that'll give you the numbers, and you get in, and then have to take the lemon juice and oh. like pull up the light, and so you can see the hidden message. Is there a key above the door? Yeah. Does it open? <laughs> no, I. It's it's just it's weird, but I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah, I I guess so. By what we knew then, they were thinking that the two of them were contemporaries. Right. Even though that timeline doesn't make sense doesn't, at all because they already know that Howard Stark served in World War II. So right. he'd already been a man by the time he in his 20s in the 40s. Right. Um, even that, but uh, he's remarkably well-preserved. <laughs> sure. John Slattery, man. He uh, he aged extremely well for uh, what he was supposed to be. Um, but then as time went on, they realized that, like, oh, no, that doesn't line up at all unless we're going to have it that Nick Fury is actually much older than he appears to be, which so far that has not been the case. Like, that, yeah. they have not right. ever alluded to the fact. Like, in Marvel comics continuity that is the case because he did fight in world war ii and he's been taking what's called the infinity formula which has kept him from aging of course he's died and come back and been resurrected a number of times since it but like that is the excuse of why he's been here the whole time you know captain america took a nap but fury's been here the whole time waiting all the way through because they fought together in world war ii and then he caught up with him on the other side um but there's been nothing like that that's ever been alluded to here in the mcu okay little side story though that is that is actually kind of funny as I'm looking at this. Do you know the scene from Winter Soldier where they show his tombstone? Mm-hmm. His birth year is obscured. Ah, right, because they're trying to. Keep it's it only mysterious. 19. You you don't you don't know what what year of the of the 20th century he's born. Right. <laughs> oh, it's good boy. good spy mastering. Yeah, not bad. All right, because <laughs> even even if it was on there, I wouldn't have accepted that as canon. Oh no, that it's sure. Nick Fury, you know that didn't mean anything. Right. Uh, yeah, so there's there's a lot a lot a lot of problems with this. you said so. Like, I, I, but the nice thing about it is he's a spy. He lies, right. so I'm totally fine with that as being the excuse. But exactly. at the same time, when you mix so many truths and lies together, I don't know. It's just like it, it seems like Nick knows exactly what Tony has to do, which doesn't make any sense at all. Right. Because later on, it just seems like it's just some, all you got to do is uh, put in some piping and you're done. <laughs> Doesn't seem like a whole lot of sciencing to be done at all. Like, it seems like anybody could have puzzle roomed their way out of that. But sure. We'll see New when we element. get to the, the, the magical map of wonders. Um, but meanwhile, we've got a couple of uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. agents here that are keeping Tony Stark from doing whatever he wants to do, which is always the thing he wants to do the most. With anyone he wants to do it with. So, uh, Scarlet, <laughs> Scarlet got her one line here. So, we'll say we say that. Um, he says, we've disabled all communication. 
no contact with the outside world. Good luck. And off she goes. <laughs> Probably the cash paycheck. Because that, that was an easy day's okay. work. Except for getting into that what costume. Was, she spent more time well, yeah. getting into that costume than she actually did acting. Oh, for that line. Any theory? Like, she didn't... I mean, okay, not that it's certainly nice to have your one of your female leads, obviously, in, in this scene. Yeah. But, okay, he, when Nick could have just said what he says, yeah. Natasha's going to go back to being a, a floater in Stark. Here's Agent Coulson. Yeah. They didn't need to have her on set Agent Coulson could have easily said, we've disabled all communications, no contact with the outside world. <laughs> right. Like, isn't that weird? I don't know. That just seems odd that they have her in the scene, but I'm sure there's a funny story or something. <laughs> well, or it's just part of the story. So Natasha exits, uh, leaving Tony with Agent Coulson. Hey, look, it's Clark Gregg. Uh, so we talk about him, and now we're going to talk about him. So Clark Gregg uh, has 85 credits as an actor on IMDb, uh, but he also has done a little bit of writing and directing his own self. He has four credits as a director and three as a writer. So he actually is a multi-hyphenate, and he actually comes from the theater world. So for the theater world, you do everything. So you do whatever you uh, need to do. Uh, also, I find it interesting on, on IMDb, um, when they all have credit for self <laughs> like they have a director, writer, producer, self. And self a lot of times, oh, that's where they put appearances. So like the, he's he has fifty seven credits as self. That's all the talk show appearances that he's done. Uh, so obviously, uh, Clark Gregg, we we met him and we fell in love with him briefly in Iron Man. Uh, now the affair continues and will blow into a full blown love affair uh, as it goes along as he it continues on the rest of it. And he becomes uh, the mainstay. I'd say the. The through line, the the heart and soul, the spine of all of Phase One. Uh, he's what connects the oh, yeah. two. Uh, he actually has, even has his own solo adventures, and eventually gets his own spinoff show. Uh, he got his first professional credit in 1988, so he has started a little later than uh, some of the rest of our team. But since then, he has done a lot to uh, catch up, and he has done a, a vast amount of uh, guest starring roles, uh, including a stint on one of our favorite shows, The West Wing. Oh, yes. I have to say, one of the things I really love about Clark Gregg, and not only is he awesome with the fans and also really good social media, if you remember the dub smash days, <laughs> that's really that's a really fun deep dive to do uh, That when it was uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. versus Agent Carter uh, going dub smash back and forth uh, for charity. It was a lot of fun. But is the fact that he does his own voice. So Agent Coulson blew up after this, and he has done Agent Coulson in animated shows he's done it on video games he's done it on websites i mean like he, he uh has really like owned that character and i always have a lot of respect for actors that do that i mean like i understand tom hanks like can't do every doll and parade appearance of woody that's what he has his brother jim do it but but i really uh, have a lot of respect for people who actually if they have a character that has a distinctive thing actually do all of the voices that they can i mean obviously they're they're also busy people too, so I understand that too. But it always feels like it's a real um, show of affection to the fans of like you love this character, I love this character, and I'm going to do it as many times as I can. So shout out to Clark awesome. for that. He's a cool dude. Absolutely. Um, uh, so uh, so she left, and now it's just the two of them. So it's just Tony and Agent Coulson. Uh, so Tony says, and "This is because 
I just Colson, like, I must be under a lot of stress because he's a little snippier here than he has been in the past. Like, he well, was sort he, of like... The, there's a lot going on. There's, there's a lot yeah. going on. I mean, and, and obviously, he's going to have to go and deal with another problem. Like, he is just here temporarily uh, until uh, they they uh, get somebody more permanent to handle this. Tony says, first thing, I need a little body work. Let's stop right there because what the hell does that mean? I need a little we, body work? Yeah, a little massage, maybe a manicure, pedicure. Okay, that's what he's talking about. I thought like he needed yeah. to like do something for his body because the next thing he does is ask for coffee. No, that's that's no no. He, that's what I think he meant. He meant he meant I gotta I gotta visit the masseuse. <laughs> okay, I gotta get a little uh, cucumber treatment, and then also by the way, I also need yeah I need my coffee. <laughs> okay. So and there's a you know a bean roastery yeah, that is down right. the street. Says, I, I need, need the body you. work. I need to. I'll put in a little time at the lab. If we could send one of your goon squad, it's a <laughs> goon squad, down to the coffee bean cross creek for a Starbucks run or something like that, that'd be nice. And once again, that is a very reasonable request. Like, well, I have work to do. I'd like some coffee. He doesn't say, hey, you, like, agent boy, go run and get me coffee. He says... A goon squad. Okay, goon squad was was a jab. Admittedly, it is Tony Stark, you know. But he says, "Can you have one of you send send one of your goon squad to the coffee?" He doesn't say, "Hey, you guy in suit, like whose name I can't remember, go get me some freaking coffee." He says, "Hey, can you send somebody to go to the places to do a coffee run for us?" Now wait a minute. This, you don't tell me. You don't mean to tell me he's got like the full back end of a Starbucks somewhere downstairs <laughs> in the workshop. I mean, it's Tony Stark. Tony Stark. It's the whole- Tony Stark orders out. Let's not forget they're in what's left of the kitchen. Well, this is true. Well, the, the espresso machine is not espressing today. Well, that's yeah. It's just, it's been espressed. Yeah, but, <laughs> but this is true. But it's the whole way he le- he goes right back into as after he's had this. I really like this transition of he's had this really serious heart to heart conversation. Well, there's the heart again with 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 Nick Fury. And now he's gotten kind of back his attitude and he's just kind of like, okay, so uh, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to have a little misuse. I'm going to go and do this. I'm going to get the manicure. You're going to get me coffee. I'll spend a couple of minutes in the workshop toying around with whatever you want me to toy around with. And as he's going through all this, Colson has got one of the best responses of all time. This is why you hire a Clark Gregg because he can yes. do this and just be almost not exactly monotone, but like, like even toned, <laughs> like straight up and like doesn't back down an inch uh, and still gives it right back to Tony Stark, which is not an easy thing to do. He says, I'm not here for that. I've been <laughs> authorized by Director Fury to use any means necessary to keep you on premises. Like, <laughs> like, okay. None of your little attitude stuff is going to work. You are no, you are not the big fish now. Okay, <laughs> let me just say this: if this movie came out, well, not today, but in times of around today, yeah, you would have shirts all over the place that simply just say, "I'm not here for that." <laughs> <laughs> just Agent Coulson with Kathy... glasses and the thing coming out of his ear, oh, and like the black exactly. tie, just black and white. That's it. I'm not here for that. If you had had all of the proliferation of all of your t-shirt vendors and everything, yeah. that's the meme of this. I'm not here for that. Yeah. Like, you tell me whatever it is you think you want me to do. Yeah, I'm not here for that. <laughs> I love this. So, oh, and he continues on. If you attempt to leave or play any games, I will tase you and watch Super Nanny while you drool into the carpet. Okay. <laughs> 
So here's the person who watches Super That's Nanny. right. Asian Coulson. That's right. <laughs> and you can see, like, you, I feel like if, if this was a couple of years later, they would have gone from, like, Tony going, okay, and then and then they would, like, in snap, and then, like, snap cut to Coulson with his legs, uh, like, crossed, watching television, as you see, like, right on the front, like, with his face, like, right in front of the camera, drooling, and you would hear the Super Nanny. Like, yes! <laughs> Exactly, and with the and with the taser thing sticking out of him, yeah. and he starts to move, uh-huh. and Coulson just hits the taser again, and he shakes. <laughs> oh my god, that totally is it. It's just, uh, just perfect delivery. This yeah. the per the character is so perfect right out the right out of the gate. This is awesome. Yeah, Phil Coulson is the best. Uh, so then uh, Tony Stark backs down, and he says, yeah. "I think I got it." Yeah. <laughs> And he says, enjoy your evening's entertainment. And he leaves. And so then he, we see, dun, 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 the box. Oh. So a giant metal case has been set down. Uh, and as Tony looks at it, we get to see a look at it. And it zooms in. And it says, property of H. Stark. Now, who could this Ooh. H. Stark be? Humorous Stark. Is it humorous? Is it uh, Hank? Hank? Henry? Harold? <laughs> Henrietta mm. Hot Stark Maybe he's just hot <laughs> Hot Stark No I mean the, This was an easy day on the prop On the prop bench like, <laughs> just, just stencil spray Done Yeah I mean <laughs> So obviously this is this is Howard Stark's box But what's But Rob What's in the box Rob What's in oh, the box There's only one Okay <laughs> In this shot there's one other question, though, I have. We haven't gotten a really good look at what Tony's wearing. We've talked about the robe. Yep. Do you notice that when he stands up, he's wearing bell-bottomed suit slacks. Oh. And these really nice dress shoes. <laughs> and it made me wonder, who dressed him today? <laughs> he's got a t-shirt on. He's got his dad's robe. Like, just the whole thing of this is just funny it's t- it's tony i think what this is 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 tony just saying okay i guess i'm gonna have to do it the hard way which is figure out if there's a way out of this that doesn't involve me so totally self-destructing so we, we don't know what he was well we know what he was wearing before he got into the suit but let's assume that he wasn't wearing the full suit that uh natalie helped get him dressed in oh yeah when he went in the suit, so he took. Then he kept the pants on. Are these the same pants from them? Because I mean, the 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 <laughs> the clothing timeline would have been he he wears the suit, he puts on the you know the put on the suit. Come on, Tony, put on the suit. Uh, so he gets in the Iron Man armor. They have their fight, and then Rhodey leaves. The house is in destruction. Everybody's gone. The guests mysteriously disappear. Uh, right. And then he gets out of it, and then. No, no, he doesn't. After the part, he immediately then flies to Randy's Donuts, right, and has his his uh, his post hangover meal, which is uh, a, a delicious box of of assorted Randy's Donuts. Uh, has their conversation, and then he flies back, presumably to the house where Shield is already there. And then Nick meets up with him, and so he goes right from like stepping out of the thing. So then he's still wearing the clothes there, and then he just grabs a robe. And puts it on over the top. Yeah, I, I think this is Tony just grabbing the stuff that's clean. That's in the <laughs> remnants of his bedroom. And he just happened to pick these slacks and shoes, which I think is funny. It's just a mismatch of formal, informal dad's robe. 
<laughs> I, I think it's actually just showing that this is Tony Stark. He does what he wants. There's probably at least one working shower in the house, too, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. So, I'm sure the back of the house is probably okay. Just, uh, yeah. It's probably very breezy. Yeah, yeah. There's. I think they just stuff. knock blood, blood all the windows. Uh, right. So uh, as as he we we push in on the the suit the case the the mysterious case of mystery, uh, we transition and it's the arc reactor, which is a pretty cool transition actually. Howard Stark, very nice. The arc reactor. Yes. The, there's the actual arc reactor, like the the second one, I guess. That's uh, Tony built. The first one is still in the glass case, right? So this is oh yes yeah, yeah correct well, this this is a, again the mystery we talked about before where did this arc reactor come from we we don't really know um, so because uh, he left it in the suit obviously uh, so uh, and then we said and, and someone is basically taking apart the Mark II armor so pieces are coming off and as as, as just as the minute comes to an end we see the suit uh, splayed out like almost like an autopsy as they're pulling the pieces off and that is where minute seventy comes to an end something I love. Is that, uh, you know, I have, there's places on the internet that you can buy uh, your, uh, to arc reactor prop replicas mm-hmm. that you can assemble yourself. They're made from like 3D printed pieces. The one that I have is this arc reactor. Oh, okay. I mean, it's literally this one spot on everything about it, the design and everything. So, yeah, this is, this is the arc reactor that he does somewhere in the second half of the first Iron Man movie. Yeah, is that what we're led to believe? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Because uh, let's see. So he has the first one he builds in the cave, and then gets right. him out of the cave. And then in the 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 sort of pepper surgery scene, he takes right. that one out and puts the new one in. Right. And then that original one Pepper takes and then puts in the glass case, which then he has to then go at when when um, Stain steals it. He has right. to go back and put the original one back in, uh, and that's what he uses to fight the Ironmonger at the end of Iron Man 1. And so somewhere between Iron Man 1, he took that one back out. Pepper would probably paid to have the thing put back together again, because we're going to see right. it again. Uh, right. He has the new one back in, and then presumably like he has a third version of that that he has put in, and then the second one he just leaves lying around where any idiot can go and just put it in a suit and will fly off with it. That's what we've learned from Iron Man 2, right? I, I mean, it's... <laughs> no, no, there are redundancies, Rob. We've learned that there it's, are redundancies. There are, we went through, we I know. know. I know, there, I know. I'm just saying, this this, I, the for... mystery of the this second arc reactor is always curious to me. Like, it, it's the most dangerous thing in the universe, and just like, nah, let's have the Air Force have it. That's fine. It's Rhodey. It's you trust Rhodey. <laughs> well, we're about to see. Stay tuned that's because right, in because, future minutes. That's right, because uh, the uh, the we're, we're, the Tony Stark's nightmare is coming true in minute seventy one oh, uh, as uh, as his uh, the person he hates most in the world uh, has full access to the one thing oh, he wanted no. to keep from him. So everything the sharks are circling uh, in minute seventy one. You do not want to miss it. But in the meantime, I'll, I'll tell you what. One of the things, Kyle, that you can see is is that it's not easy to impress Agent Coulson. True. Uh, if it's talk about, you know, a massage or getting coffee for a guy who is discriminating enough to sit and watch a few episodes of Super Nanny. You know what you might be able to impress Agent Coulson with? What's that? Your Instagram feed. Oh, especially a well curated, entertaining Instagram feed. Not unlike the one that we hear at the next reel do. That's right. We take a lot of time and care to make sure that our Instagram feed is well cultivated, uh, 
that the, the colors are precise. Ma- sure, manicured. Uh, uh, it, it is it is aesthetically pleasing and also entertaining at the same time. An Instagram feed so good it would make Agent Coulson crack a smile. <gasps> oh, Trademark. you could say he'd be here for that. Oh, <laughs> you could, and you did. So I didn't have to, but you can find us at the next reel on Instagram. Uh, see if you agree. Uh, doesn't mean an Asian Colson standard. Let us know. Uh, in the meantime, it's minute 71 is coming. Uh, and we're going to see, and, and we're also going to see the improv skills of one of our actors should be interesting. You don't want to miss it. Yes, it will. Enough said. Bye. <laughs>